Good morning, everyone. How are we going? We're all good. Fantastic. That sounds good. Great effort. Hang on. I'll just make sure that my papers don't rotate. No, they're good. They're locked in. The high-tech people got that joke. Well, happy World Bicycle Day. Isn't that a great day to have? So I reckon the best thing we could do on World Bicycle Day... No. No, 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 no. Go on the Chappie website, click on Donate, and donate to someone in the Port City team. And seeing I'm the only one in the team... I'm not sure if that's a team, is it? Don't you have to have more than one to be a team anyway? So, uh, yeah, get registered, you lot, that are telling me you're riding. Because at the moment, there's only about three of us. But that's okay. So, why not do that anyway? A little story. Some, some of our team last year that rode in the Tour de Chapel and went to another place that do another fundraising ride thing. And I was looking up some information on it. And they had about 300 riders and they raised a massive $17,000 for their community centre. Isn't that fantastic? But it's not as good as us. Last year we had about 100 riders, I think, give or take a couple. And the last, every time I ask someone, it keeps going up, so I'm going to keep asking. <laughs> last I asked, I think we raised about $26,000. About a hundred riders. That's you guys. So it's up to you to keep our chappies in a job, okay? There renders my political statement for this morning. I had to loosen you up this morning because I want to talk about the art of making love. <laughs> I knew that'd get their attention, Kate. <laughs> The art of making love. There's many philosophies, ideas, opinions and a whole heap of information out there on making love, isn't there? Magazines, talk shows, counsellors, not the government type ones, the other ones. Oh, they probably have an opinion too. Help programs and of course the ever-reliable internet and don't forget your 5,234,988 very good friends on Facebook, <laughs> close friends, all giving advice on the art of making love. Just about everybody has an opinion or an idea of making love. We're bombarded daily with it, aren't we? But is it doing us any good, all this information? I was reading an article on divorce the other day. When I say we, I'm talking about the church. Not just this church, all church as in, you know what I mean article the other day, an Australian article, and there is a large Protestant denomination in Australia whose divorce rate is 7% higher than atheists and agnostics. That tells me the church isn't making love properly. <laughs> Another article said if you wanted to have a good marriage, you're better off being an atheist or an agnostic because they're less likely to divorce. And our God is the God of love. 
Are we the church believing God's word when it, makes, when it comes to making love? Or is, it, is God's way of making love just another one of the many choices that we have that we oh, will pick that bit and we'll pick that bit to suit us when we want to make love? I better pray. Pastor James is getting nervous. <laughs> Where's he going? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, this morning that you will speak to every one of us that is in this room through the power and anointing and the guidance of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. There's pretty much two areas that the world would have us believe that making love is about. The first one would be that lust is making love. I'm sure I'll try and keep this, how many kids have we got? I'll try and keep this as family friendly as I can. Two people meet, go back to one place or go to a motel or something and they make love. No, they don't. They're just following an animal instinct. That is the reason why we have over 7 billion people on this earth today. That's lust. It's not love. But the world would believe it. They use the term making love. It's not making love at all. One John two sixteen says, "For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes from the comes not. I better say that correctly, from the Father, but from the world. Looking at things that are on the surface look really great, but when they go deeper, they cause all manner of problems. The pride of life. It's about me, my feelings." What about me? It isn't fair. Romans 8 verses 5 and 9 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If you're a believer this morning, you have the Spirit of God living within you. In a nutshell, the world will have us believe that all kinds of lust is a way of making love. How wrong. The second, this is out of the Bible. The beloved of the Shulamite. Anyone know those words? The most romantic book in the Bible. Behold, you are fair, my love. It starts off well. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats. <laughs> Going down from Mount Gilead, your teeth are like a flock of shorn sheep which have come up from washing, every one of which bears twins, and none is barren among them. Wow. Your lips are like a strand of scarlet and your mouth is lovely. That's not too bad. 
Your temples behind your veil are like a piece of pomegranate. Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes like the pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bathrabbon. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon. (laughs) Don't laugh. It's in the Word of God. Your nose is like the Tower of Lebanon which looks towards Damascus. Be still my beating heart. Romance and feel-good fuzzies. It's the stuff they make movies out of it. Can you just imagine the shul, shul, I'll get it right, the Shulamite running through the field of flowers. The picture's a bit fuzzy. It's in slow motion. And her beloved is coming the other way. He's looking at her nose. Well, he can't really miss it. I mean, the Tower of Lebanon, my goodness. The fireworks are going off in the background. Ah, love, isn't it grand? All the single ladies are here thinking, if only these young men had talked to me like that. (laughs) Oh, here's a row of them. (laughs) Wouldn't it just make you, oh. And all the young men are going, hmm? (laughs) But that's what young men do when it comes to... Ah, romance, it's a grand thing. It's wonderful flowers, chocolates, gondolas in Venice. Eiffel Tower, but beware of the pickpockets. Moonlight on the water, sand between the toes, a soft tropical breeze and a beautiful love song playing softly in the background. Ah, come on. Ah, isn't that lovely? Ain't love grand, but neither of those two are real love. Romance or feeling good is not making love. Because love is not a feeling, it's an act of your will. But these are the two key things that I see the world would have us believe is making love. But what happens when the romance and the nice things end? Well, that's when real love starts. So what is real love? Well, simply put, it's God's love. I remember years ago listening to an interview with one of those talkback things and they were talking about love and all the, you know, there's, no, there's nothing that says what love is. Well, they were wrong. We've all heard it at weddings. 1 Corinthians 13. Love is. You can't get any clearer than that. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. That's funny, isn't it? Especially in the Pentecostal circles, the, the, the emphasis we put on things like prophecy and uh, you know, knowledge and all the gifts and things. But the writer here is saying, but they're all going to pass away, but love will never end. What do you notice about that list in 1 Corinthians? I'll give you a little test. What, what do you notice about that list of what love is? It's pretty obvious. I've given you a clue, the first two things I spoke about. What's not mentioned there? Feelings? 
Romance. Who said that? If I had a lolly, I'd give it to you. Romance. Sex. There's not a mention of it in what love is. Oh, that sucks, doesn't it? They are a part of love, but they are not love. Because if we rely on those things, that's why we have a wonderful divorce rate in Australia and most of the Western world. The word love is a verb. It's an action. Saying, we would have heard the saying, actions speak louder than words, have we? You have now. It actually comes from the Bible. I found out 1 John 3.18. Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. One John four, chapter four, verses seven and nine. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. To this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God has loved us, we also ought to love one another. Love comes from God and he has shown us that love by sending us his son. Dear friends, since God so loved, we also ought to love one another. You know, God expects, no, actually he commands that we love like he does whether that's in our marriage, our family, workplace, school, wherever, he commands that we love the way he loved us. John 13, verses 34 and 35, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. That's not an option, Let's not pick one of the top four and go for it. It's you will love one another. Matthew 22, 37 to 40, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commands hang all the, hang all the law and the prophets. We go on about, you know, the laws. Should we follow the laws of the Old Testament? Has it been done away with with the New Covenant? Yada, 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 yada. If we love, we fulfill the law. We don't have to fulfill the 613 laws that they have. That's a lot easier. Well, maybe not easier, but (laughs) that's what we're told. We're commanded to do, to love. In 19... 75, the divorce courts did away with having to have a reason to divorce and sadly Christians have grabbed hold of that just as strongly as unbelievers. I think we all know there's plenty of stats out there that say you know, Christian believers and the non-believers are pretty even as far as divorces go. This is no criticism on anyone who has had a divorce, is in the process of one or having trouble in their marriage because there's no condemnation for those in Christ. But can I ask you, 
don't look at what the world says about marriage, what the world says about love. Get it out of here. You know, I, it just saddens me when I've heard people say about their marriage that I, I just don't feel in love anymore. Well, you, that's okay. You don't have to feel in love. How many here? Who, who's, say, been married 20 years or more? Put your hand up. You've always felt those warm fuzzies in love, haven't you? Yeah, and those with the hands still up are liars. <laughs> I'm glad you all put... That wasn't your hand going back up. Oh, no, you're scratching your head. Yeah, good. Phew, that was close. The warm fuzzies have worn off the romantic evenings, those just the two of us. Well, try asking the wife with three screaming kids and dads on night shift if she feels in love. Ask Dad when he gets home from night shift, he's had a crap night, horrible night, and he gets home, walks in the door, and there's Mum giving him three screaming kids. Ask him if he feels in love. I wouldn't be able to say what they said because it was probably can't, something you can't say in church. I don't think they would feel it, but they have to act it. I'm sure we can all relate... Those again, if you're married, you've got kids, who can relate to that? Oh, some of them are doing all right. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> Jeff's hand went up real quick. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> I'll see you on Tuesday at three. <laughs> Did you want to bring Kate? Or <laughs> uh, I've got a place here somewhere. I was going somewhere with that. Love is not about feelings. Yes, it's nice to have them, isn't it? And as I said, yes, the things that the world would say, the sex and the, the, that's inside marriage only, please. Great part of marriage. It has to be a part of marriage. Romance. Gents. Little bloom room. It's a winner. 60, 70 bucks, you get this great bunch of flowers sent. They deliver it. You don't even have to go there. You do it online. Get the one with the chocolate. All women are on diet, so you get the chocolate. Win, win. <laughs> Come on, guys. Think about it. It's not hard. That'll keep the little feelings going for a day or so. It's not about feelings. God's love is far more important, and it's God's love that gets you through those times of screaming kids. I'm so glad we're out of that. Oh, you can, the screaming kid we have now, we can give back. <laughs> Who's heard of Bishop Michael Curry? I think most of us have. He was the fantastic preacher who spoke far too long at the royal wedding. Man, my goodness, 10 minutes. Can you believe he spoke that? I better pack up, I'm done. 10 minutes. <laughs> Can you believe that? A black preacher spoke 10 minutes. That's a, that's a miracle. <laughs> Andrew and Susan have been to the States recently. Went to a, you know, I don't know whether this is politically correct, a black church. Are you allowed to call them black? And like they go for hours. And this guy, but where is he? 
He said, great message. You're able to download it. It's on the internet thing. You can, because I wanted to see it because it was such a great message. And it's only short, shorter than mine. He said, there's power in love. Don't underestimate it. Don't even over-sentimentalize it. There is power, power in love. He's talking about God's love. But his message was a bit like when we do 1 Corinthians at weddings. No one listens to it. Now, the criticism that came after, not only of him for speaking too long, the bride's dress was so simple, you've got to be kidding me. Her hair was just, oh, get over it. She looked so much better the next day at the garden party. The queen looked like she was bored. Um, Prince Philip didn't hold the, what's her name, Megan? Have I got that correct? Megan's mum's hand. Oh, my goodness. And on and on it goes. Perhaps they should have listened to Bishop Curry's message on love. But they didn't. So how can we correct this? Well, first stop listening to the world. Because look at the world. Look at the mess the world's in. And they're the experts. Secondly, obey God's commands and put into practice what God says about relationships. Because the Bible has an awful lot to say about relationships. I mentioned earlier, especially in Pentecostal circles, we love the miracles, we love the prophecies, we love the word of this and the, the whatever. I don't even can't even remember what they all are. There's nine or something. James, how many of those things are there? Gifting things? Uh, nine. nine. Yeah, oh, there you go. And we put a lot of emphasis on that. You read the New Testament. They're all wrapped into a couple of chapters. It's far more about love and how we should treat each other than the, all the, the power ministry type things. There's nothing wrong with them. I think they're great. But without love, it's a clanging symbol. A lot of noise. Matthew 22, 37 and 40 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. There it is again. If you want to fulfil the Old Testament, we'll love each other. So simple. Let us show God's love to one another as God has loved us, that all will know that we truly are his disciples. Make a choice this morning because love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. Can I have the music team back up, please? I've been married to Sandy for 30 years, over 30 years, heading towards 31. That's speaking of miracles. Yeah. <laughs> On her, yeah, you know what I'm, yeah. So I uh, had a big day yesterday, last night. I'm ready to go to sleep. And Sandy says, remember when we were young, you used to hold my hand? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I had a big day yesterday. I woke up at three and couldn't get back to sleep, so I got up at four, did a bit of work on this sermon thing, 
had breakfast about quarter to five, went for a bike ride with the brave, or possibly the stupid at six. Oh, I'm leaning towards stupid at the moment. At six, went home, did a bit more of this, went out, played golf with a few guys, did seven, seven holes of golf out at Calliope, sat around a bonfire for a little while, got home, did a bit more of this, and so by the time it was like half past nine, ten o'clock, I just wanted to go bang. So over goes my hand. There you are, you can have my hand. I'm just about to, you know, you just you know you're just about to go. And I wanted to go into that sleepy mode real good. Remember when we were young you used to snuggle up to me? <laughs> oh, really? Last week I did something to a, my, one of my hips or something around here and it's a bit sore. Who's, who's ever got, had a sore bit of their body? You know when you get into bed, it takes a while to find out and you finally get that sweet spot. Yeah, that's comfortable. Oh, that's where I was at. And Sandy wants to snuggle. Oh. <laughs> Over we go. Again, I'm laying there, oh, this is nice, and I'm nearly back into my sleep zone. And she says, remember you and you used to nibble my ear? <laughs> really? Well, I threw off the doona, hopped out of bed and headed to the door. Where are you going? To get my teeth. Oh, it's not that funny. <laughs> See, to nibble on an ear when you're full of romance and bubbling hormones is one thing. To nibble on that same ear many years later when you have to get up and get your teeth, that's love. So if you remember nothing else, you know I've got false teeth. <laughs> but please also remember that love is not a feeling, it's an act of your will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the author of love. And I thank you, Lord, that you have shown us how to love by giving your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we need your help because we're not quite as good as you at loving as much as you have. You, lo you love humanity, all of humanity. Thank you, Lord, that when we are struggling with love, that we would go to your word and to learn how to do it, and to, not only to learn, but to put it into practice. We thank you for your great love towards each and every one of us. We thank you that you have chosen us to be your children that we could love others. And I thank you, Lord, that as we love others in the church, that outside the church would be drawn to that love. And we give you all the praise and honour. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, team.